One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. Coming back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmarkle. With me, as always, my good friend, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike? Doing well. Doing well. Excited to be here. Mike, we uh, we, we got out of yesterday with a, with another victory. We did. Perfect I mean, season is intact. It's intact, man. Let's let's go for the solid. What would it be? 23, you know? Uh, what is it? 16, 4, 20, plus 3, get the bye. 23-0? Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. 23-0, it's still on the table. It's still on the table. It's ready to go. I would love that. I mean, it, it would just feel right, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm uh-huh. with you. Unlike an 18-1 and season, you know, that the Patriots Ooh. did there. Yeah, where, how were they in the preseason that year? Were they chasing the... Uh, Mike, okay, now you, now you got me to look Were they chasing out. the 23-0 dream as well? What, what season was that? You know what year that was? Oh, yeah. Two, two, no, I don't. Sorry, quick tangent here because this this is gonna bug me if we don't figure this out. 2017 Patriot season, I think that was. No. Yes. yes. No, not 17. 2007. Sorry, apologies. Not 17. That would be ridiculous. Um, let's see. No, their preseason game they went two and two. Ah, well. So they weren't chasing the 23 and 0 dream, but we still can. Vikings fall. The Seahawks. What was the final score? Twenty-five to nineteen. Is that right? The Vikings. You mean no beat? We didn't fall to the Seahawks. We we we, we fell the Seahawks. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like a tree, yeah. fall. Uh yeah, I believe it was uh, twenty-five nineteen. So, another great game for your boys in purple. Um, defense held them to essentially twelve points. So, hit it like that. Yeah. But let's get into it, Mike. Okay, let's do it. What, what are we excited about here? What are we excited about? So you you marked down some standouts. Um, so start at the top of the list here, Mike. Yeah, no no specific order, um, <clears throat> but did watch every minute of the game uh, for the most part. You know, um, I thought for me, some of the guys that I you know jotted down during the game. Uh, I think Mike Boone was apparent. I mean, he had a lot of touches, uh, over a hundred all-purpose yards. Some of the ground. You know, some through the air, uh, receiving and hit a couple nice runs. I've always liked Boone and. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, last preseason, even with Rock Thomas there, I mean, both of them looked really solid in the preseason games. We saw them kind of both doing this kind of thing last year. So to see that continuing, I think, is a good sign for Boone and, and potentially um, going forward on this team. I mean, we'll talk about that. I'm sure either way this episode or, right. or, or in a future episode, but. Um, he definitely has got some skill. He's got some. He's got an eye for for where to go with the football. Yeah, I mean he runs hard. Um, you know the big thing with him is making sure that he hangs on to that football uh, because he tends to spin around a lot. He, he you know he's very quick uh, with with the movements, and um, I really like him a lot. So I think that he's going to make this team uh, as as the third running back. And you know I, I know I think the yards per touch was maybe like low threes, so it wasn't anything. 
out of this world. But then again, at the end of that game, uh, I think we literally ran the same play at one point uh, three or four straight times toward the end that run right. Right, because at that time, you're, I mean, at the point in the game, you're just trying to eat clock. So that's right. probably going to skew numbers like that once you get late. Well, the and then you're running with, you know, not the, the top line, not, yeah. you know... Um, and so I, and I, I don't know if you knew this or not yet, Mike, but the Vikings don't have a great offensive line, so yeah. it's it's probably isn't too far out of the realm to understand that their backups aren't that great either. Right. So. Uh, no, but I thought Boone looked good, so um, I think he'll probably get a pretty good run again here next week, and uh, you know I think he's got a chance to run himself onto this team, if you will. So. Run it back, baby. Yeah. You know. So Mike Boone, um, I think me and you both agreed on this this next one here. Yeah, and this has been my boy for a while, J. Ron Curse. Um, coming off of last season, I think he came in for um, Mac Alexander to start. Mac ended up wrestling that job back, but um, this guy seems like he can play all over the field. Um, he had a couple of really big splash plays. I think he had like three tackles for loss or something like that. Um, J. Ron Curse is just he's he's killing it and. A guy that can do so much. He can play from safety. He can play from from DB. Seems like he was in there for several special team snaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you can do, the better your chances are at being on the NFL roster. And this guy can do a lot. Yeah, I mean, he had a. You know, we both uh, I think texted the name at about the same time. He came in and had you know, two, three huge plays in a row. Um, and he's just he's a monster. You know, he he's all over the field. He's a high energy guy. And you can tell other players are feeding off that. I love the versatility. I think this year we might need the versatility at times. So, you know, not knowing the Mike Hughes situation, not really knowing the depth behind uh, those three, four, five guys, um, he, he could play a big role this year. And it's exciting to see him playing at such a high level here early right. in the season. So, And, and one thing I think that he, he does open up is, is some of those more exotic things that we might not see right away. But I think we kind of mentioned a couple shows back that Zimmer might pull out some of those exotic playbooks in some of these spots and open up some three safety looks or, you know, throw them in there as like a money backer in place of, uh, you know, Barr or Kendricks, just to kind of throw a curveball in there where they're not expecting it, and then that creates an actual mismatch against a wide receiver right. in our favor. Yep. No, I, I mean, I agree with it. So, um, yeah, just hopefully he keeps this on and carries that momentum into the regular season. So Exciting things for that for that young man, I tell you what. Um Next one here. This one, oh my goodness! If you're ever on Vikings Twitter, you know that this one is almost as big as a divisiveness as Teddy Bridgewater, almost. Yeah. Kyle Sluter. Yeah, I mean he, he hey again had another I would say quality game, um, and I I will say I flipped over, uh, even though I might think it would be better to carry the two quarterbacks. I do think um, it's starting to become a little more apparent that they're going to carry three. Uh, I, I think uh, Mannion um, also didn't play horribly. Um, I think the numbers were there. Obviously, he had uh, the the pick six, which right. it sounds like probably was not necessarily his fault. I mean, um, yeah, obviously, there's miscommunications, and right. it's, it's not entirely anyone's, but for, from what I've seen, it was kind of a blown coverage designation um, from the wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but Mannion's playing with the twos. I think he's in. I mean, at this point, we would have seen more from uh, Slaughter. I think he'd be given a chance to play with the twos if it was really this true competition right. and one man's in, one man's out. So um, I think he's played his, you know, played his way onto the team. 
and you know the Vikings are going to carry three quarterbacks. And if that's you know if that drives you crazy out there, so be it. But uh, we've done it historically in the past, and uh, it looks like it's something we're going to do again this year. Honestly, I can't remember the last time the Vikings carried less than three. It's been so long. Um, now with a guy like Kirk Cousins, where the durability is there, I don't think you necessarily need to carry three. But I think if you were to let a guy like 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 Slaughter just if you were to waiver him, I think he'd be scooped up in an instant because he is probably better than a lot of the backup quarterbacks out there. And if you want to develop a guy going forward, if maybe you're trying to look for a little extra insurance on the Kirk Cousins project and you want a more cost-controlled option, maybe maybe Slaughter is the guy that they see going forward that can develop some of those skills and maybe one day just pops off. You don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's nice to have a couple guys there that um – you know, you'd, you'd rather have more more uh, guys that can potentially come in and, and continue this on, like we saw with Case Keenum the one year. Um, as Vikings fans know, uh, it's very easy to all of a sudden be moving down a quarterback depth chart, and you want to be in a situation where that doesn't necessarily have to derail a season right. when you have a good team around it. So, um, you know, I think maybe, maybe more options than one isn't necessarily a bad thing, and it, it certainly appears to be the direction that they're headed. Absolutely. Um Speaking of one of those weapons around the quarterback, Mike, um, Brandon Zilstra. Yeah. Had a nice little, nice little rebound game from kind of pedestrian. He did. Um, last game. So, anything else on Zilstra here that we, we should be No, aware? I think, uh, you know, he had five for 37 in a score. Um, definitely a game that he needed. I think a, a player that a lot of people expected to be um, maybe playing at a little bit of a higher level through camp and, and through a game. So, uh, I think this game was good. He came out. Um, you know, like we said, had had a quality performance, and I think now has probably secured himself a spot on the team, at least in my mind. So uh, that was that was certainly good to see uh, a little bit of a bounce back from him. Yeah, no, so we were just talking about this pre-show, kind of uh, who we were thinking for wide receivers. One more we'll get to here, but um, the obvious two. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, they're on the roster. Well, and I think at this point you can put BB on. I mean, he's uh, he's holding. He's he's holding. He's he's been doing um, some good things in the wide receiver room. I mean, obviously had that miscommunication with that pick six, but I mean that's coachable. That's just something you just you just need to coach him up and recognize yeah. that a little better. Um, but I'm right there with you. If he's in that special teams, it's the more you can do, the better chance you're right. to be on the roster. Um, we talked about, um, but debt. I think we'll get. Maybe touching that a little bit later here in the the kicking game, special teams yeah. game. Um, he's been returning. He didn't do a horrible job at that. No. Secured the ball. Um, even when he got absolutely clocked, secured the ball. And then we were looking at Zilstra here, and he appears to be everything that we think that he could have been last year. And just kind of accelerate, just one more step forward. Yeah. So. Well, and then and then don't <clears> forget about uh, B.C. Johnson, you know, yeah. as well. Another... B.C. Johnson, like you said, like you said before, show he's been doing. A lot of special team stuff as well. I think he's doing some like punk gunner and stuff like that too. Yeah, and uh, Zim even. Um, I was listening to the post game last night, and, and Zim called him out as a player that yeah, he likes what he's doing. And I think, as you know, that's not always something that Zim easily does. So the fact that he's already doing that, um, you know, I think it's the signs are pointing in the direction here where we're getting a little bit, um, a little more clarity, if you will, on on maybe where the separation is with these receivers. Um, obviously we're about to transition transition into another one that had a decent little stretch of the game, but 
you know, Zim used the word showcase for this player, and, and I have a feeling that he was in there, they were targeting him for maybe a, a different reason rather than right. to see his future with the team, so... Right, it, just the writing on the wall there and the way that was framed, that to me said, okay, they're they're trying to potentially trade this guy for a late-round pick because I don't think you're going to get much more than that for him at this yeah. point because I think everyone understands that you're probably going to cut him knowing, like we said, that you're talking about B.C. Johnson, you're talking about Jeff Bidette, you're talking about Brandon Zilcher, you're talking about... <clears throat> um, what else did I miss there? Chad Beebe. Um, Chad Beebe. And then Diggs and Thielen. Thielen. Yep. Those are your six wide receivers. You probably aren't carrying more than that. All right, so that's going to be your six. Odd man on his treadwell. All right, now showcasing him is a great term because what you're trying to do is show that maybe he's still got something, and maybe someone that specializes in developing wide receivers or thinks that they can get something out of him is going to trade a late round pick just because he's got the pedigree, he's got the size, he's got the speed, right? He's got all the the things that should be there, and it should just be all mental and technique wise that he's lacking at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you hear he's a hard worker, and honestly, some of the routes we were watching, and granted, he's playing in the last minute of a week two preseason game um, against the Seahawks secondary that has a lot of question marks right. this year. So Take it with um, a grain of salt, Yeah, but he had a couple nice, uh, I thought, nice moves, nice separation at the line, and you know was able to have, I think, four catches for close to 50 yards. So um, I would say they checked the box for showcasing him, and... You know me, I've always uh, been more on the positive side with Treadwell. Um, I think he kind of moved into this uh, Minnesota Vikings kicker realm where, like, no matter what they do, there's just always, they can't get out of it, you right. know? Um, which, which, I mean, sometimes that happens with franchises and players, and yeah. you just need a fresh start. Yeah, and so I think um, I, I, this isn't a player that's on his way out of the NFL by any means. I think that um, there's, there's plenty of teams that would probably welcome him. Um, have him come in, a little change of scenery, and, and uh, I would assume he'll be on a roster this year, but I don't think that this is that roster. I think I would agree. I think his, his time as a third or fourth wide receiver for the Vikings is, is coming to a close. Right. It's just the experiment is over with, with us. It's just it's not working out. He doesn't fit what we want to do, apparently. So move him to some place or cut him and he'll go catch on somewhere else that, well, that can I take mean, advantage of what he's doing. I mean, look at the Giants. I mean, as, and I don't want to go too deep into the, the Treadwell vortex here, but, um, you know, you, you have a, a guy that's familiar with Treadwell's game. Um, you have the Giants who have had some injuries already at wide receiver. Injuries and suspensions. And you have a team that doesn't have a lot of, um, probably a lot of high aspirations this year, right? So... To me, that seems like a good fit to bring him in, give him a chance to prove himself, and then maybe you know he plays himself into a couple-year contract. Like, sure. Um, so I don't know. Those sorts of things seem to make sense, but uh, we'll see what ends up happening here in the next week or two. So, Mike, before we got into this, you said you didn't want to tread too deeply into the well on this topic? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up Treadwell. Um, one other name here we have, and I think uh, we're in agreement on this one quite a lot, is Irv Smith Jr. Yeah. I think we saw a lot of good things from Irv Smith in this game. We did. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, hey, it's it's easy to get excited about him. Um, you know, uh, he's got uh, the 84 jersey on out there. Um, and I think he had five catches for, looks like, 28 yards and a score. Um, was kind of all over the place. Bigger guy, athletic. You can just, you can see the potential. And as we've stated before, uh, typically rookie tight ends don't, 
don't make a lot of noise, right? It takes a little while. You gotta you gotta adapt to the physicality of the NFL game versus the college game. Um, so I'm not expecting huge things this year. But as I think we mentioned on an earlier show, he could be a guy that comes in and has a couple of big catches this year. You know, he he might right. not have put up the big numbers in the right package with, with yeah. the right coverages that you see that yeah. you can exploit him with. And and I think it, we're gonna we're gonna have some uh, nice moments with Irv Smith Jr. this year. Um, just excited to see him to continue to progress and and uh, get the nice touchdown. Absolutely, it's exciting times. Anytime you get a player that's got a junior or senior in his name, it's always yeah. it's always fun. Yeah. You know. All right, Mike, we're on to your favorite top your favorite topic of all time. Yeah. Hashtag Kicker Watch 2019. We didn't really gain any clarity in this game, did we? Um. Well, again. Well, we did gain that, one that, thing. I, I gained very very high clarity that. Uh, Vikings kicking situation is going to be interesting. I'm very clear on that. Well, and I think I think it's probably and uh, it's it's been a while since yeah. since Matt punted yeah. the football. Exactly. So I think that that is uh, which we we mentioned last show, right? It, I think the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the thing with Matt Wiley, right? He, he came in here last year. He had never held, and some people blame that for what uh, what the issues that Bailey had last year, which. It could be. I'm not certain. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not into breaking down kicker film. Right. But if you can eliminate that that possibility, you can get yourself a guy with Vedvik who was very close in punting, and then who can also, if he's got a young enough, strong enough leg, can give you some opportunities in some really long field goals slash kickoffs. I mean, I, I think that they're making the right choice there. Yeah, and then, you know, I think ideally, right, especially this year, um, Bailey's allowed to just focus in on field goals, you know, focus in on the craft, and hopefully that leads him to have a, a really good season. Right. And only field goals, only extra points. Vendrick's going to handle kickoffs. He's going to handle punts. Yep. That's all you need to care about. Yeah. So, I mean, Bailey made uh, a short field goal. I think it was uh, 24 yards, something, something like that. It was real close. Um, you know, one of those that it should be automatic, uh, but... Those are the curse words around the Vikings, Mike. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, overall, I think uh, Vedvik, it sounds like, didn't grade out great on the punts. I know he had one inside the 10, though. You and I were talking before the show. I'm not really sure uh, why they necessarily weren't, um, you know, oh, yeah. graded well, but maybe... I, I think you mentioned him possibly all kicking the coverage, which, right. I mean, that's that to me just reads more of a like a, a comfort level with... Who your your coverage team is? Well, and it's you know first kind of game here coming in and kicking, learn it, learn the ropes a little bit. The first um, game, I think he hasn't even been here a week, right? If he has, uh, just barely over. Yeah, right around there. So, so I mean, it's it, I think that'll come with time. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I would expect. Um, I mean, what, when do you think? And I know Zim isn't always the the guy to reveal the concrete things at at any point in time, but do you think they're going to come out and make a strong statement and just say, hey? This is what we're doing this year. Vedvik's going to handle punting, kickoffs. Dan Bailey is going to be our kicker. Like, is that a, a, a communication that we will actually get? Or are we no. going to go into week one, they're both on the roster, and who knows what's going to actually happen? I, I don't think we're going to get that that detailed of clarity. I, I think we're, we might get after the third preseason game that Wiley is going to be cut or something like that or shortly after that game. I don't think, he's, I don't think he'll see the third game. You don't think so? You think he'll be cut this week? Yeah. Okay. I think this is a Kevin McDermott situation where it's just so clear that 
they're gonna they're not going that route. Like cut the ties and let him try to go if there's another spot, another team. Um, I think the earlier you cut ties here, the better for everyone involved. I mean, I tend to agree with that strategy. Uh, hopefully, they do that because I really want the the final kickers to start getting in the groove and start you know so you're not flipping between Vedvik and Wiley punting and and doing all the other stuff that they need to do. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't think we're going to get the clarity from Zimmer that Vedvik's going to handle kickoffs and you know Bailey's going to be field goal. I don't believe we're going to get that kind of clarity. I think we're going to see that in the first game and we're going to understand that's where they're going. But I don't think he's going to come out and say that prior to the first game. Right, right, okay. All right, that's enough kicking. I've... You're already, you're well, I need a beer after that. that. Well, yeah. I mean, don't you have one on your... I finished it during that segment, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty close, too, Mike. That one was rough. I think we talked... We had an entire episode on kicking last last week, Mike. Yeah, I know. Do you realize that? I know. Kicker Watch 2019 is as strong as ever. It's the strongest kicker watch we've had. Too much kicker talk. We're going to lose some sponsors if we keep this up. That's true. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Holden Hill literally almost killed a guy. Yeah. Paxton Lynch. I saw that. Um, you speared a guy with your helmet. I mean, Holton Hill, I think, is just trying to be... He, he's on to 2021 at this point, it would appear. You know, How many different ways can a man get suspended at one time? Right. Uh, it would appear the answer might be three, but then again, he's got... If he got, gets another game suspended for this, my <laughs> goodness. Like, I don't even know what to say on that. So, I mean, so Paxton Lynch, if you're not familiar, is a, is a mobile quarterback... And it was it was later in the game. Uh, I want to say was it was it early fourth quarter, maybe, or was it late third? It was second I, half. I believe it was late third. You um, could be right. But anyways, he he kind of scrambled, became a runner, uh, and it's ended up late. ended up sliding late. But Hill uh, came in and and he he lowered his head and ended up hitting. I mean, it was a brutal hit if you yeah. saw it. Um, if you it, see the slow motion, it's it's. About as hard as a hit and bad of an angle as you can have on a head-to-head contact. Yeah, and it, it sounds like there were reports that Lynch was out for a, you know a second or two there actually. Well, it kind of reminds um, me similar of that uh, Teddy Bridgewater hit. Yeah, from yep. uh, from Joiner. So yep. very similar, very similar situation. Kind of a late slide. Kind of a situation where you might be able to pick yourself up, but only if you can react in yeah. half a millisecond. Yep. So. Um, so, actually, new rule, if you're not familiar, that I guess, you know, one thing we did learn and have a little clarity on is that the league, uh, the New York, I believe, out of New York, can actually uh, stop the game and eject the player, uh, make the decision, them, it sounds like themselves, and, and that's actually what happened um, in this instant. Hill was ejected from the game. Uh, not sure if it'll end up resulting in a suspension. Um, I'm not even sure how, you know, how that works from a preseason action leading to a season suspension i don't know Um, if we've ever seen that or if we have it's extremely rare right um so i guess we'll just we'll keep an eye out for that typically we wouldn't hear about that until like tuesday or wednesday right um is when they'd announce something like that um but otherwise hill had a couple uh he did have a couple nice plays um i think he did have a penalty call on him as well but uh at this point it 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 would seem like he's gonna have he's gonna be because you said it doesn't count Against Correct. 53, right? So it's kind of a free hold, essentially. Right, so so he's suspended, obviously, for the first eight games of the season. He had two different infractions on, on the... the I, think, I, I don't have clarity on what the second infraction is. I think one of them is related to uh, marijuana with that whole Rock Thomas thing. The other one, 
I don't have clarity on. I don't know if that's pads or what is going on there. Regardless, he's he's suspended for the first eight games. Now, what that means is he's on the exempt list. Right? Okay. You remember this with the yeah the whole Adrian Peterson thing. We don't pay him on that list, and he doesn't get paid on that list, and he doesn't count against a 53-man roster on that list. There is no penalty for us to cut him prior to that whatsoever. So the second that we need to cut down to 53, he doesn't count towards that 53. So he's staying there till week 9 regardless. Now, if in that time, week 1 through 8, one of the other cornerbacks comes in, shows out, needs to play, and takes his roster spot, then he's going to be gone. I'm right. Sure. But you're looking at him, and he's he's got all these splash plays because he is not a third stringer. The only reason why they're playing him in a third string is because he won't be there half the year. Right. They need to get those other guys playing time to get up to speed. So, I mean, I don't think it's out of question that if Hill wasn't on our roster right now, he'd be a starter somewhere else in the league. I, I just think he's got that much natural talent and that he's that good in this system. So... I don't see us giving up on him anytime soon, but if he continues this down this path of okay, he's got these you know substance abuse issues, he's already in step two of the week protocol for those right immediately after the the, the stuff he's had this off season, and then now he's got this unnecessary roughness. If he gets a couple more of those, he gets a rep like Sandejo does, and immediately then you get no benefit of the doubt when you have that going on. Like, sometimes you'd be like, oh, incidental, you know, we're not going to inject you. But you start to get a rep like that, and you have substance abuse stuff, that becomes a huge liability on your roster because now you're either going to be suspended all the time or you have the potential to be suspended an entire year in that, sub- that substance abuse protocol. Right. So at some point, it's not going to be worth it to have him rostered. Right. Yeah, it looks like uh, first four were for uh, performance-enhancing substances. And then the next four were for substances of abuse. Okay. Um, and then, you know, potentially looking at... And I believe those are treated in two separate pools. It's Yeah, this is on uh, NFL.com, so I, I, yeah, right. it which, sounds which, like which, it. Which is why both are, are four games, because otherwise if it was like, if they're both like marijuana related, it'd be a four and like an eight. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he had... I was watching him in a, a couple plays throughout that series... Um, he had a couple of nice hits. You know, he was playing at a really uh, high intensity, you know, high level. Right. Not saying that all the guys aren't at all times, but he was, he was feeling it, right? He was, he was going and had a chance to make another big hit. And I think the eyes just got a little big there, lowered the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of time on Holton Hill there. Uh, but remains to be seen if there'll be any additional games added on, and then remains to be seen what that future looks like in Minnesota. Right. It's, it's definitely going to be tenuous, but. You know, that's something that they need to deal with off the field. And yeah. if they get that taken care of, then I don't have an issue with it. But moving on. Yeah. We didn't see any Dalvin in this game. Same with the first piece of the game. No. He warmed up again, I guess. Uh, I know the broadcasters made a comment about it being related to the turf. Um, that's Zimmer had made a similar comment about the first game being related to turf. Um, but at some point, he's going to have to play on a home turf. Right. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I For me, I would love for him to get a few reps. Um, it, I, I want him to have three carries. Yeah. Just three. Just give him a little, you know. Give yeah. him a taste. Give, give him that first crack, that full-speed crack, that first full-speed vision of it. Right. And then you take him out because right. you want to know what? He's been injured since week four, year one. Right. And last year, he was back and forth. 
No, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I think there's a chance. Uh, we see him on, on Saturday at noon. Uh, but right now, he has not uh, not been on the field. So, You know, that's a, like I said, just keep him away, keep him safe, lock him in a room, put him in bubble wrap. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I want him healthy for the season. That's We need him healthy for the season. I think that's very apparent. Um, here's one thing that I have, Mike. Okay. Um, Elfline had a very poor game. Okay. Very poor. I don't know if you saw the duress that Kirk Cousins was under. Uh, a couple times I did, yeah. Not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, were you watching close? Burying you. <laughs> were you, uh, you know, did you go back? Did you watch the, the uh, All-22 here? Um... No, just watching the game. And, and watching some of the, the snaps that were posted on um, the Twitter.com. Yeah. He had a couple of very poor poor pass blocking snaps. So, concerning to the level that, hey, we might need to look at some different options here. Do you think this is just a bad game? At this point, I don't think there are any other options you can run. Okay. You're stuck with what he is. Um, it's concerning on a very big level for me because... Who are the big names in Seattle that should have given you fits? Right. There are none. They traded away Frank Clark. That all they have is these rookies that are coming up behind. Right. And these second, third year players, they shouldn't be giving you this much trouble, but they are. Right. That's concerning. This is bad. Yeah, it's it's a little bad, Mike. Well, um, you know, you've got another couple games here where I, would, I think you're going to get an extended run um, from some of these guys, right? Typically, game three is is when uh, you're going to see the most of the, the starters. So, one of my favorite preseason games. Let's hope that maybe uh, he comes away and maybe has a solid game, game three, and we feel a little bit more comfortable moving into uh, the regular season, right? I mean, at this point, it's it, comfortable doesn't really factor in for me, I guess, because it, it is what it is at this point. I just, I don't like it, and I don't know how else to say that. Do I sound like a happy guy to you, Frankie? Do I sound like a happy guy to you, Frankie? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I think, again, the line. The line's concerning. Um, but I, we kind of knew that going in. I mean, a mediocre would be a massive improvement at this point with this line. Right. So, good news is we didn't give up a sack. At least not to Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean... He was tackled by the entire Seattle defensive line Did at one point. Did we give up a sack? No. Okay. So, either A, the line is getting marginally better, or B, Cousins is doing better at, at making those plays not negative. Right. Fair? Right. Yeah. We're going to agree on that. All right. Otherwise, Mike, what do you got next? Uh, the offense, right? Offense continue to look good. Um, had a couple of nice drives. Obviously, they didn't uh, necessarily always in, uh, result in, in the end result that we wanted, but uh, you had a missed screen that it, it sounds like might have had the ability to go to the house uh, on a really close play that, that looked like it was set up beautifully. And then you had a penalty, I believe, on Kyle Rudolph um, down when we were kind of down yeah, in the red zone. Yeah, that was after the, uh, I think the, after the Adam Thielen um, pass interference. Yeah. Um, so... You know, you had a few different things go on that 
you know, you got to clean up. But overall, I think, again, the offense looked good. Thielen continues to, um, you know, look like he's getting separation, sound like he saw a lot of single coverage. And if that's going to be the case, that's great. I know I heard an interview with Cousins saying he dropped back one, of the, one or two of the times and he didn't know who to throw to because both Diggs and Thielen are open on opposite sides of the field. And it's like, I said, oh, that's got to be good. Well, wait a minute. Now he's going to have to make this... Now he's got the indecision coming into play as well, but I mean... Digs every time he's faster. Yeah. Uh, no, I, overall, and then we already mentioned on, you know, Mike Boone being there, Irv Smith Jr., some of these guys that uh, will actually be a little bit of a factor during the regular season as well, and um, Cousins was, I think, 6 for 8. We saw him roll out a little bit. Um, I, so, think, so a, I think I do a couple things that he didn't do last year. Not at all, and, and we've seen it more and more often here now in the preseason, so... Um, the offense looks really good. I think the offense is going to be um, extremely dangerous this year. So continue to be excited about that. Uh, that was really, you know, my big takeaway from this game. I guess flip side for me, uh, defense had a couple busted coverages. So I mean, you hope that's just the ones and the twos kind of not really picking up exactly what needed to happen there. But slightly concerning, given the the, the pedigree of what. Uh, what Zimmer should be bringing to the table. So uh, you take that for what it is and just we hope for a very clean third game. But like I said, defense overall only gave up 12 points. Yeah, and I still I still think Zim is, is kind of holding the cards close to the vest, if you yeah, will. very, very vanilla um, type defense. You know, you saw uh, like Harrison Smith had a, a couple nice plays, which, I mean, obviously that's going to happen. But um, I don't know. I think... I think it's really a combination of those things. I, I truly believe that they're not coming out and trying to learn a new scheme. There's just a lot of uh, get the reps in, get the reps in from that first team defense, and I, I think I'm not worried about them yet uh, come week one. So, yeah, it, nor am I. I mean, they, they should. They're probably going to be a top ten unit again, and I think if this offense goes the way we think it is, with what we've seen, uh, with the pieces we've added, I think a top ten defense with a top ten offense. That's a recipe for success. Well, and then, you know, God forbid that they actually play as a top five um, top five defense or potentially a top five offense. I think the upside is there for both of these squads right now. And, I mean, imagine if something like that comes together. You know, you, you have the makings of a very good football team. So uh, I think, you know, Viking Nation out there should be really excited uh, going into this season. All the Wolves even included in that, I mean... Even with the offensive line possibly being an average unit, you can still get a top five offense out of that. Yeah, as long as as long as you're calling the right plays, you're calling the well, right misdirections. One uh, one thing I did I, I meant to ask you, and we, I should have transitioned this off of uh, Elf Line, but uh, Brian O'Neill still um, not seeing him. Concerning. Uh, what? Where is the year level of concern on a one to ten here? Very concerning um, at this point. If he's not able to go in the second preseason game, where literally you could only put him in there for a series and pull him. Um, that's concerning to me. Um, it, it's not time to hit the panic button yet because it's still it's still two weeks away from the regular season. But if he doesn't see anything in preseason game three, I think his start is very in jeopardy, very much so in jeopardy. Okay. And I mean, Hill is not a disaster at right tackle, but he's a step down from what I what I think we want to do. Hill is not the type of tackle that this system is suited for. He was a very quality backup, and he can play inside as well. But Brian O'Neill is the guy you want there because he's the guy that's very mobile, 
and he's very sound technique-wise. Yeah. So having those attributes in this scheme is something you really want and you really need to be able to spring running backs free to be able to, to sell some of these, you know, rollouts that, that Kirk wants to run, to sell some of these play actions that we want to run. So he needs to be in. And right now I'm pretty concerned that we haven't heard much from it. And typically when you don't hear anything from it, it's worse than you think it. At least in the Zimmer aspect of it. Okay. So concerning. All right. Well, Same with, I think we talked about earlier, David Morgan being on pop. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he hasn't come off it yet. That's concerning going forward because he's, he's a big part of that run blocking that we had last year. And to miss that, I think you, you take that down a notch from what it could be. Right, right. Okay. Well, I mean, what? We, uh, noon, on, noon on Saturday, I believe. Noon on Saturday. Arizona I'll be Cardinals. there. I'll be there. Um, come to town. Come to historic. Historic. U.S. Bank Stadium. So, I'll be there. You'll be up uh, up in the great north. I will be. But uh, I'm sure we'll both be both be watching intently. I'll be tuned in. I'll be yeah. tuned in. So it's, it's my second favorite preseason game. Okay. You you know what my favorite one is, all right? Probably one. No, fourth. Fourth. Yeah. You can see all the, the twos and threes just scrapping to make the team. It's, well, it's see, quality I, football. I thought maybe one just because you're getting football's back. You know, that's where I went with there. I ruled out yeah. two automatically. I mean, that's a good point you make there, but no, I think my favorite is the fourth. All right. Yeah. But, it, you know, I might have to adjust my rankings going forward, but that's that's a whole other podcast, Mike. We could rank preseason games another podcast. Not today. We're, we're, we're done today. Okay. Scolders is over. Um, I'm at Namak7 on Twitter. Uh, Musky underscore Mike. You're probably listening to us on, uh, on Daily Norseman. Um, recently yeah. joined with them, so... Like I said, like I've said before, countless times you hear me say, "Hope we're earning your ears." Um, come interact with us on social media. Um, we love to hear from you guys. We love to kind of cover topics that you're interested in. Um, I'm pretty active on there. I think you are too. When, when people ask you stuff, so um, come check us out. Part of the Climbing the Pocket Network. That's it for us, Mike. Yeah. Until next time. Skull. Skull Vikes. Let's go.